This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Kia ora and welcome to Garden of Sound. I'm Ian Turner and my guest this week is Tess Liotto. If you enjoy today's show, I'd love for you to subscribe. Head to gardenofsound.nz and right there on the front page are your favourite subscription links. While you're on the site, head to the podcast page and check out all of the fantastic guests I've had on over the last four years. Today, Tess Liotto. She's a French-American singer-songwriter with influences like Joni Mitchell and the Beatles and somehow seemed to find herself in New Zealand pre the 2020 lockdown. Like many itinerant minstrels we've discovered over the past two years, the world's loss was New Zealand's gain, as Tess has been able to join with musicians in Wanaka and Queenstown and Golden Bay and now Christchurch to entertain and develop her folk roots sound. This is the Garden of Sound interview with Tess Liotto on Plains FM 96.9. Tess, can you tell me the first time you realised there was such a thing as music? Um, it's always hard to know if you actually have real memories of these things, but I just know that it had to be um, my dad playing piano in the tiny little studio that we lived in. Because he would just do that. He still does that when he comes home from work. Just sit at the piano and just lose himself in playing and for hours. And uh, and it was probably a one-room kind of thing. So I was definitely around tinkering on the piano and just hearing the music. And probably trying to dance along. <laughs> what sort of stuff was he playing? Kind of rock, rock and roll, you know? Yeah? Yeah. Like kind of boogie-woogie. Boogie-woogie like, yeah, as like opposed to know, some ACDC or some Led Zeppelin. Yeah, Zip or I something. mean, on piano, yeah, it's kind of yeah. limited sometimes, but he was definitely grooving. Yeah. When did you first sing? Apparently, I think I'd sing, I would sing a lot just um, in just everyday life in, in the house and when you're still quite unaware as a child. And so I would do that. And then, then I became more, more aware and actually became shy more. So I probably repressed it a little bit, but yeah. then it came back. But I think my mom encouraged singing. What kind of activities did she get you involved? Well, she she loved she would put on records, and she would she loves to sing along. So okay. I think that was happening. Like obviously, we sang a lot of children's songs. Yeah. And she's a dance teacher, so that was also there was a lot okay. of just proactively doing something with music, also. Um, and also, we watched musicals and. What's a memorable or favorite musical for you growing up? I can't, I thought about that recently. I was like, we actually watched quite, like, not necessarily children kind of. I mean, we, I do remember watching Mary Poppins a lot. Mm, yeah. Um, and a few of those kind of Disney ones. But we also watched, like, West Side Story. Okay. And so yep. that was something we watched a lot, actually, as growing up. Have you seen the new one? I actually haven't seen it yet. My mom told me to go see it. Oh, good. Yeah. I've heard She's I've heard some good reports about yeah. it. It didn't look great. I thought, wow. I was surprised. I just didn't know that that was happening. <laughs> yeah. Damn sight better than cats. Yeah. When did you pick up the guitar for the first time? So I was prompted early on to, to choose an instrument yeah. from my dad mostly, yeah. being the musician. Um, and I did try piano for a year when yeah. I was maybe too young, but I don't know. I was quite young. I was like five or six. And I think I just wasn't ready yet. And then we moved, and then 
at seven, I picked the guitar. Okay. And seven. Wow, that's quite young. Yeah, and I went through pretty um, formal kind of uh, lessons of classical guitar. Okay. For a while, yep. and I almost didn't want to do it anymore for a while because I think it was, you know, it's hard as a young child to be. To, to keep wanting to learn something that mm. you don't feel like a connection to yep. like that. But yep. um, I'm glad I didn't stop. <laughs> when did that connection really take hold? It, it, it started when I actually started knowing what I wanted to listen to and a bit more like when you're just like around, yeah, 11, 12, and then into high school. Yeah. Um, like when I started developing my own musical tastes, which was still quite based on what my parents listened to, but luckily it was good stuff. Yeah. Um, and then you want to, and then I wanted to start learning how to play songs that I liked. Okay. And learning chords and learning yeah. how to. What was your first cover song that you learned from beginning to end? I don't know if it was the first one, but the first one that I tried to record on this little, I think it was like a two track. Yep. And it was, but it seems more complex for for it being to be the first cover. But it was a Beatles song, and it was called "I Will." I will. And that was my first little recording that okay. I did. There must have been other songs that led to that, maybe. But Were you a Beatles fan or just a fan of that particular track? No, I was a very big Beatles okay. fan. By that point, I was a very big Beatles fan. Yeah. Developed pretty quickly. Did you learn how <laughs> to play Blackbird? I did. Yeah, around that the same time, I, was, yep. I definitely learned how to play back Blackbird. I imagine there was a bit of arpeggiating going on because yeah. of your classical yeah. training. Yeah, it was, it was a very satisfying song to learn how to... It yep. just felt good to, yes. to figure out. Yeah. yeah. Um, how much of that has influenced uh, your your current music? Well, I have people tell me that it, they can tell that I played classical music. It's, and I don't think I have much left from that, but I yeah. do have a ten, I do love finger-picking, and yep. I do love songs that have probably a bit of that going on. I don't play anything like classical, but it's just... I, yeah, I don't know. I like the kind of finger-picking style of playing guitar. And I don't know if there are young people in your life, but if there were, um, would you insist that they learnt theory or at least had a had a strong basis in music? It's weird because now I feel like I wish that I knew more theory. And I did go down that path when I first started, but yeah. I, I think I rejected it a lot, so I don't know if I grasped or re- re- retained a lot of it. Again, it feels like it's that connection. If you're not connected to what yeah, you're exactly. doing, was there anyone that really inspired you aside from your your parents? At least any teachers or other musicians that came a bit later on, actually, like probably in the years of me doing it as a child, because a lot of kids were learning music, and we were just all just going to our music class, and it was just like yeah. kind of what you do in some yep. way. Yep. Um, until it becomes more of a part of your identity and something that you want to do. Um, mm. So it took me a while, but I think just probably, yeah, just the trigger of actually when you're sharing music with your friends. And um, so the teacher who actually had, after the classical kind of theory classes, who just taught me in the first chords. Okay. I don't know if she was that influential in terms of like musical taste or anything, but it's just that she was just like bringing anything you want to play. And then she would go through it, through it yep. with me and pl- learn, yeah, teach me how to play it. So yeah, I think that actually just, I guess, opened some doors to. You mentioned sharing with your friends. What was the reaction to the first piece of original music? I st- I started a band in high school. Yeah, and it was mostly girls' bands. So cool. I think we we actually wrote songs together. So that's how it all first started. Um, and. It felt good. Like it felt like we just, you know, we were all just figuring things out at the same time. And yeah. So it was good to 
to feel free in that space. Where did you play? Not we didn't play much. It was just like we played for these two or three events that yep. were like in the year. Yeah. The high school end of year party and yes. like um in France there's a thing called Music Day and it's okay. actually the first day of summer. Yeah. So the twenty first of June. And cool. um so that means everywhere in the, in the country there's like music is put forward and there's places playing music everywhere. Okay. So usually there's like in so many places there's just stages and events organized. And yep. so there was this local place outside of the city that young people could play it. And so our band played and we did that a few years in a row. Yeah. So there was just like a few events like that. We didn't really try and do much, but we, we wrote a few songs and we just, um, yeah. What was the name of the band? Went through a few changes, but um, because the band kept changing, also. But the last year was probably the best version, and it was just three of us, and it was just two of my best friends at the time. And it's called Soundproof Room, actually. Soundproof Room. Yeah. (laughs) Brilliant. Yeah, that was our final, final name. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, It is time for some music. Nothing from Soundproof Room at this point in time, (laughs) but something from Joni Mitchell. Uh, and you've chosen California. Why Why Joni and why this track? Well, I was thinking of influences and it's like it's an evolving thing. But then after a while you realize things that are consistent also in your, just in the music you listen to and the people you go back to. Um, and she's been one of them. She didn't, like I wasn't, I didn't know her when I was like that young, like in high school or yep. anything like that. But that came much later. And I feel like actually I wasn't maybe listening to female singer-songwriters as much. And then... I think she definitely opened a big like a door for me to that and also just hearing a woman um writing deep songs and I felt like it opened a door for me to realize that I could write deeper things yes. about like and just share myself. Yeah. Um and I think she triggered that and just yeah, just her voice and the, her guitar guitar style is just influenced. I just wanna know more. <laughs> In California just um it's the first song of hers I tried to play, I think, but I, I still don't know if I can play it. But yeah, it was actually, so it was the first time I tried to play the open tuning that she's on in that song. And uh, I is, use a lot of open tuning now, actually. Okay. And yeah. for this particular song, do you know what it is? Um, I think it's open E. Okay. <laughs> it might be a cable, I don't know. But something yeah. in there. Yeah, Who something knows? like that. Joni Mitchell, California. a chance there was just a dream some of us had still a lot of lines to see but i wouldn't want to stay here it's too old and cold and settled in its ways here all the california california coming home i'm gonna see the folks i dig i'll even kiss a sunset pig california i'm coming home Who did the goat dance very well He gave me back my smile But he kept my camera in a cell Oh, the rogue, the red, red rogue He cooked good omelettes and stews And I might have stayed on with him there But my heart cried out for you California Oh, 
feel-good rock and roll band. I'm your biggest fan, California, I'm coming home. Oh, it gets so lonely when you're walking and the streets are full of strangers. All the news are you read just give you. Down a red dirt road, there were lots of pretty people there. Reading Rolling Stone, reading Vogue. I said, How long can you hang around? I said, A week, maybe two, just until my skin turns brown. And I'm going home to California. California, I'm coming home. Oh, will you take me as I am? Strung out on another man, California, I'm coming home. Oh, it gets so lonely when you're walking and the streets are full of strangers. All the news at home, you read more about the war and the bloody. This is the Garden of Sound interview with Tess Liato on Plains FM 96.9. Joni's phrasing is something else. Yeah. It's crazy. It is. And just the just the swells in her voice. and the, So many people have tried to sing or imitate or do anything, but it's just she's very unique. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about the first big gig or concert you attended. It's a very particular French reference. So... Grew up in the 90s. <laughs> rap was a pretty big thing at the time. Okay. And there was this one French rap band group called uh, Mano, and they had just a hit song, and just everyone at school was like into that song. And so uh, my parents surprised me and my brother with a ticket to go see them when they came through mm. the city. <laughs> okay. And we were, you, you were really excited. It was yeah. just like we actually, it was weird actually because like when you're hyped up like at school with like a song or whatever, like a big thing and it's yep. like everything, everyone's into the same thing and then you actually realize that you can go see the people play that music. Okay. So it was, yeah, it was weird the connecting those two dots, I think. As a teenager, who were the other uh, big French artists around that time? I was. Ne- it's weird. I was never like that much into like straightforward, quite French music. Yeah. Um, probably because of my mom yeah. <laughs> influence. But um, what is French music? Yeah, Can that's you... the thing. I'm not sure because I think these days it's a lot of rap. Okay. Because I just think there's a lot of um, urban culture, and that's something I just haven't really gotten into that much. Yeah. Um, but I know it's very prevalent in the in the culture actually. Um, yeah. 
as we saw in the 90s as, yeah. as young young kids. So Soundproof Room has, has <laughs> done its thing. When did you get out on your own and start start being Tess? Um, or Rocky Raccoon even? Yeah, it, well, so the Rocky Raccoon thing is just the Beatles okay. were, became just the biggest thing like especially through high school i just discovered them and then they just I just fell in love with them so yeah. much and actually rocky raccoon i'd listened to probably a lot around that time yeah. the beatles lead to the next thing is that i actually went to live in liverpool okay <laughs> is that a sort of a normal thing for french people no, no um no not really i don't know anyone else really did that but um I was in an international school in, okay in, in in france your mum's from the states so she's yeah she's okay. from the states Probably to you know have some part of for me, for me like English speaking culture of doing English literature and like things like that. Like, yep. So, and also I lived in um, a town called Strasbourg, a city called Strasbourg, and it's very international. It's the capital of Europe in terms of the parliament being there and stuff. So ah, there's a lot of okay. international culture there. Yep. Which is why there's like a school like that, and so a lot of my friends were actually English speaking. Yeah. It was actually like a, a Canadian, a British, and a Scottish girl. So it's okay. You know, it's just ripe for a joke. Yeah. That one. Yeah. So tell me about um. Tell me about the the Liverpool. Yeah. Music so Liverpool scene. was um my first um first time I did an open mic. Yep. So it was kind of jumping into that, getting the courage to do that. And this was original material. It was a mix, like, okay. but I definitely played the. Probably the leftover soundproof room songs. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I did. I was trying to write, and I, I feel like I, I didn't write throughout those whole few years. But um, I did have a few songs inspired of being over there and stuff. Yeah. But mostly, the, mostly the biggest thing for me was just to get. I don't know if it was a stage even, but whatever. Just get out there and be in front of people and yep. face my fear of being, especially alone. Okay. We, we <laughs> Acoustic guitar and just you know do it. You said. You sort of pulled back when you sort of realized that, okay, I am this person, I can do this stuff. Mm. So where where was the rest of the the fear? Was it a fear of failure or showing your true self? Music has, I don't know, it's always been the the, common, the thread for me and that's why it's so clearly like my passion. And I notice as long as I follow this thread, it mm. leads me to the places I want to okay. be. But so it's allowed me to... Um, just also, just, I guess, like discover myself in all the ways that you could imagine. So probably wanting, you, it's it's a weird thing to want to perform. And still now I think about it and I just don't always understand it. But it's a weird thing to want to be on a stage and do and sing a song, if, even if it's not an original or if it's an original. Mm. Because I think if you feel music in this way, then you're going to show a big part of yourself. And it's pretty scary to yeah. do that in public. <laughs> So would you say you're doing it for you or are you doing it for the audience? Well, that's the, I think it's the 50-50. Yeah. So the Liverpool was my first experience of yep. open mic, but then it wasn't something I was doing all the time or consistently. I just, it just opened up something for me. But um, it really became something much more when I was living in Paris after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just noticed something really come up really strongly that I just had to go do an open mic and I just was at a time of actually feeling re- really down yeah. and I just um I just felt this almost sense of urgency of needing to go perform and sing something somewhere 
So I think I just needed to share. I just needed to yep. be able to express and to share. And, and so that's when I realized that it's was a lot. I, I needed that. But then there's a big sense of you want to share because you want people to connect with you. And so... Yep. Yes. Yeah. And you want people to see who you are for who you really are. And for some people, that's the only time they can see you. And probably, yeah, it's 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 a pretty weird mix. That's <laughs> spot on. It's yeah. right on the money. How are you supporting yourself all of this time? Well, because then when I started really... So this thing of needing to do the open mic in, yeah. sorry, in Paris... Uh, became what I lived for for like and not that it was I was being paid or anything yeah. but it's just what I lived for yep. like weekly so I, I found many and I just and also it immediately led me to like my community my people and that's when when you follow your thing you find your people so then it was just like I was like in this sort of obsession of like doing this all the time but I quickly led to gigs um, okay. and also duo and just so then I just started getting regular gigs yeah Um, I mean yeah, and then that became my life for the next few years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty much playing a couple times a week and most of the week, actually. Yeah. And then I actually started hosting an open mic because people were asking me to host an open mic in Paris okay. at this um, Irish pub. <laughs> at the Irish pub, Yeah, at the obviously. Irish pub in Paris. So there's a very international flavor to this interview, at there least is, in yeah. your, your experiences. How the hell did you end up in New Zealand? So, yeah, I did the open mic scene and gig scene and all of the performing and like all that in Paris for a few years got quite uh worn out and there's just a lot happening in my life probably at, just at a breaking point um and I had New Zealand in my mind for a while to just go and go walk around nature and like do a lot of things out here but I just felt like I needed to go when I knew that I had a lot of time to go just be over there so that just sort of appeared at this time. And I was just like, this is like a no-brainer. I mean, I did feel like at that point that I was kind of probably preparing to leave some of my life behind. Mm-hmm. So there was a sense of that. But I'm here three years later, and I didn't think that that was going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> It was more like I thought I'd be out here for six months or a year. I think it's life. Really. Yeah. It's strange. It is time for some music. Yeah. Good old Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Um, and the track you've chosen is Thunder Road. It's just, yeah, I think it's just always, every time I hear that, I I really love Bruce Springsteen in case yeah. I didn't actually say that yet, yeah. but um, uh, there's just too many songs to pick from, but it, I think that one always comes back to number one, and I think that's one that always just has this really strong emotional feeling in yeah. it. Like, I don't know exactly, I still can't pinpoint the whole thing, but there's just something really nostalgic, and even though it's from something I don't even know that I... I didn't live through or something. Yep. It's just like, I don't know. There's just something really strong that pulls yeah. you in. And Thunder Road is the one. The screen door slams. Mary's dress waves Like a vision she dances Across the porch as the radio plays Roy Orbison singing for the lonely Hey, that's me and I want you only Don't turn me home again I just can't face myself alone again Don't run back inside, darling You know just what I'm here for So you're scared 
This is the Garden of Sound interview with Tess Leoto on Plains FM 96.9. At the end of the section, we're going to hear Breezy As. Yeah. Sounds very Kiwi. Yeah. Yeah. That's a little Kiwi reference here. The, the but maybe other people won't get it, but it's my little. Oh, could be Sweet As. Yeah. Choice yeah. As. This is a song that's released today. Um, now being heard around the world by no one hmm. as of yet, uh, short of friends and family. And um, obviously, the people that recorded it. And you recorded it at Sublime Studio, yes. which is seems to be ever present in my my thoughts these days. Mm. It must be a cyclical thing. Um, why the choice for Sublime? First off, so I, I didn't know of the studio. I don't know about them um, yep. before the idea of recording. Yeah. So yeah, I wanted to record these songs, and at first we tried to do home recordings, and then as it went on, it just beca- it just became a bit more ambitious with what I wanted to do, and then. Yeah. My friend Sam Taylor, who was playing bass um, in this band, just remembered that he had come across this place called Sublime Studio, and yeah. he had seen kind of the kind of gear that they have, and yep. he was just thinking, and it wasn't, we lived in Wanaga, so it wasn't too far away, Yep. and he was just thinking, this that would be the perfect place for me to go. Mm-hmm. And so we went for a visit in January last year, and then yeah. booked a session for like a month later, and... Uh, Fantastic, and I've been there so much since. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a good vibe, isn't it? Yeah. Tell me about the song "Breezy Airs." What's it about? What's the vibe? What's the feel? It was written right after. It was written in twenty twenty. Yeah. Uh, right after the, that first lockdown. Yeah. Um. So there was just a bit of a vibe of. Uh, I think I was actually on a little quick little trip with a friend and we were sitting at a picnic table by the seaside and I actually had my guitar, guitar with me. Yeah. And I just started strumming, strumming those chords and have it a little, humming a little melody and I quickly put that into my phone memo yeah. and brought it home. Um, and I loved listening to it with just like the seaside s- yep. sounds. So there's something just quite um, innocent and light in, in it. But then I was just felt... There's just the vibe is just the sort of overwhelm of, of coming out of lockdown felt quite overwhelming, in, especially in that first initial phase and the many times since. Yeah. Um, of having to do things, thinking that you have to do things normally again and kind of feeling like you're not ready for, in some way, like that lockdown provided, especially for me, I was writing a lot and it just provided a sense of security in a bubble and just this little thing. Um, and it just felt like suddenly I had to be back on a schedule and like figure my life out and just uh, there were a lot of things like that. So there's this line of don't rush me now. Yeah. Um, so there's there's some of that. And then there's just a lot of different things of um, feeling like you're kind of your own worst enemy in many ways when you're overthinking and just mm. uh, every little thing that you think is going wrong in your day. And it's just like minor things. And in the end, you're just... Yeah, you'll pull through. Like you actually need yourself to pull to pull through, even though you're also the person who is putting yourself down. So, the finished feel for the song is, I would say, breezy airs. It's quite relaxed. It's quite yeah. chilled. Did the song go through any other feels or iterations prior to the recorded version? It, the band started just with me sort of bringing these songs that I've yeah. written in lockdown. So it's kind of that's how it all started too. And it's quite clumsy in the beginning, but also then it just became quite fast because <laughs> yeah. I have listened to like phone recordings of when we were like going through learning like yep. just getting the song right yep. as a band and it was really fast and I think it's like I noticed that I do that when I'm like first learning one of my own songs when I'm actually getting to get acquainted with it mm. and um, and I've noticed so many times like 
when I listen like a year or two later, I'm like, that's so fast. Yeah. So with a van to be performing it really fast felt like, yeah, it was such a different feel. But this is so then we got to the studio and um, I'm pretty sure, I mean, yeah, Steve Harrop and Tom were great help to just readjust things and and nothing that you I wouldn't want, but just mm. help find the a feel and uh, and that now became much something a bit more relaxed <laughs> mm. how did you choose who's playing on the um on the recording or the band at least because you got sam obviously yeah playing with those guys um i don't see them as much right now because yeah. i live here and i'm kind of also surrounded by a whole different yeah. musical scene but it just fell into place so easily and i think it was right after the lockdown in wanaga and we were yeah. just all there and it just happened at this time where we were all just available and really wanted to play music and yeah and i just had these songs out of the blue and so my friend Jacob Smith had a house with drums and lots of guitars and bass. And so it was a good place to go to jam. And um, my friend Julian, he's from New York, actually, Julian, Julian Rowe. He came to New Zealand uh, early March 2020, and yeah. he's still here, and he just came to visit his sister. <laughs> but he's still here, and he's living a good life right now. But um, So he just became part of my band because he was a drummer. He was like, do you know anyone with a drum kit? I was like, yeah. Come, play Come to this band. house. <laughs> yeah. Guitars. So, yeah, so kind of, and now, like, last, a few months ago, we did a tour, so he's kind of, like, he, you know, yeah. mind-blown of, like, the direction of how life can change. So, they, yeah, they, they were the three the three guys, the drums, guitar, and bass. And then in the studio, yeah, we did a few of dubs, and there's Rhodes, Fender Rhodes, so Steve Harrop is playing that. And then, yeah. actually, on this song, especially in particular, I have a friend from abroad, and um, he's an American friend that I met in Paris. Yeah. Um, his name is Ken Bronowski, and he um, he lives in Illinois, and yeah. he's an uh, amazing musician. And yeah. I just sent him some songs, and he added really great stuff. And he added, so he added a guitar and organ. Yeah. And I think those instruments really make the song. Fantastic. Yeah. I think we've got to hear it. This is Tesliato with... Breezy ass. I get a little cut up and a little confused. Baby, fill my cup, hung out with the blues. Days are only getting shorter, still waiting for a new order. Any trouble feeling away, we get away. Yeah. 
money took off your clothes, oh no This is the Gardner Sound interview with Tess Liotto on Plains FM 96.9. I am becoming very international with my yeah. guests, and it's fantastic that you're all in Christchurch. It's We're a very, very lucky country indeed to have such tremendous talent coming to our shores. We just heard Breezy As. What's the plan? Is there an album on the way? More songs? There's more songs. Um, this is the first release. There's another one coming in April, hopefully mm-hmm. in April. And then there is an album coming. Okay. Um, and it's it's weird when there's an album coming. Um, and you've been working on it for a while. <laughs> and to finally talk about it. But it was recorded at Sublime in March last year. Okay. And so it should be coming out. I don't know if I have the exact date, but it should be the first week of June. Okay. Probably. 
And, um, and I guess fingers crossed you can actually play live. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to be able to do release tour. Yeah. <laughs> that would be that would be great. What's the scene yeah. like in Wanaka? Anyone well, around? Not at not at the public holidays? Yeah. Well, it's I was there at a weird time because it was it was mostly through pandemic times. Yeah. Although I was there before that and I did see, you know, it is a seasonal place and I did see and experience all that. So I think when that was still happening, there was still like a lot of, it's just travelers and people coming through and like coming through to play an open mic or doing yeah. something like that. But I didn't, I didn't, I, I did know the local musicians and there's, there is a lot of talent yeah. and between Queenstown and Wanaka, yep. there's like probably more shared and there's a lot of bands and there's a really, a lot of young young bands from the high school that are really talented it's probably all the vineyards yeah true yeah i think for a while it was it was good enough for me just because i think i was just i wasn't trying to like live 100 percent music because i was trying to also have a little bit of a break from doing that yeah but then you know you get sucked in again and because yeah yeah but there was there was enough to keep you know to keep me working for a while um because there are a lot of bars and restaurants and places and i was actually hosting an open mic again <laughs> yeah yeah then after the the first lockdown like it's it's just been hard since and a lot of mm-hmm. places have closed yep that irish pub another irish pub uh, closed down also just there's a lot of places that just um i think wanaka's trying to find figure out but i do think it really it's a place that really needs a uh, live music like uh, there's no venue so yeah. yeah it's hard to know where to play these days so yep. i think it it deserves to have some of that. Is there anywhere else that you wish you'd been at this point in time? Anything else you'd rather you anywhere else in New Zealand? Well, in the world, really. Well. Any other <laughs> any other fork in the road where you think maybe I should have taken that direction? I don't think that in terms of retrospectively. I don't think I should be anywhere else, kind of thing. Because I, it's just a weird thing. Like we get used to, we've gotten used to like be all right with where we are too, and that's I think that's been good. For me, it feels good because I feel like I didn't have to actually. That's another thing of like that song. It's just like, it's good to be able to just feel like this is where I'm supposed to be, and not. And it'll, and we went through that with a lot of my friends of like, so many people just think about the next thing. And, yeah. Um, so it's been good to not to just be okay with this is this is the thing and the next thing will unfold naturally. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to spend time in Canada maybe and. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I do see myself playing music in Ireland, and like just because I know a lot of people there and play music, and yeah. I feel like it's calling me at some point. So, but you know, all in due time. The pipes, the pipes, they're yeah, calling. Yeah, exactly. Something along those lines. This is the Garden of Sound interview with Tess Liotto on Plains FM ninety six point nine, and we're going to be playing mini quiz. I'm going to give you ten questions, and you're going to have sixty seconds to answer those ten questions. Uh, if you don't know the answer, all you need to do is say. Pass. Pass, okay. Pass? Sound yeah. good? Yeah. All right, Tess, um, your time starts now. Which international businessman founded Virgin Records in 1972? Richard Branson. According to the song Do Re Mi, Ray is a drop of what? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> uh, sun, sunshine? No. Might give you no, half that's... a point on that. The traditional African instrument called a djembe is a type of small what? Um, drum. Who controversially won the Nobel Prize for Literature in 2016? Bob Dylan. The Kemp brothers were key members in which London band 
formed in 1979. Mm, pass. What's the nationality of musician and DJ Kelvin Harris? Um, pass. Which album released in 1970 was the Beatles' final studio album? So, I was confused. If it's um, released in 70, is it Abbey Road? Okay. <laughs> Your time is up. Um, all right, let's go through that. Richard Branson, correct. Um, yeah. I'll give you. I'll give you sun. It was golden what was it? sun. Gold. Oh, yeah. Ray, was... a drop of golden sun. Yeah, that's why I had like one of those words. Drum, well done, Bob Dylan. Well done, Spandau Ballet oh, yeah. with hits like Gold. Yeah. And others. Um, Kelvin Harris is Scottish. Okay. Uh, Let it be was mm. released in 1970. Not bad. That's four. Yeah. You're middling. Yeah. <laughs> You're middling with about four. That's um that's all pretty good. Okay, so what's the what are the hopes and the dreams? What are the unfulfilled musical d- desires as it were? Anyone you want to work with? Anywhere you want to go? Anything you want to be? Hmm. Um I don't know but I don't know about unfulfilled. I think it's just working towards different goals and there's especially in music i think it's just um you can't just have something you know yeah. you you kind of you work with people and you you figure out so i just love i just love uh being able to meet people and have an affinity and just have music come from that and um yeah while i've been here for example it's just been nice even when i'm not looking for that it's i don't know having a musical connection is quite a rare thing I, and i yeah. and it's yeah, I, I can't really explain it sometimes to other people. It's just like a different level of connection. And so when that does happen and and even more, like if we play together and even more if we write together and perform. So that's like just hopefully that keeps happening. And I love that. And um, yeah, I'd love to write more with other people too and release more music with yeah. other people. Yeah. Um, Anyone you've met in Christchurch that's pushing your buttons as it were? I met a lot of really talented people in Christchurch, but I actually happened to be living um, with uh, Adam Hathaway and his partner Gina Johns, who were yep. both really been supportive of me. How did you meet Adam? Other mutual, other mutual musician friends. Yeah, um, Al Park and yeah, 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 and also we we actually played a Bob Dylan show together. So and that was that involved many other musicians, um, Adam McGraw and uh, yep. a lot of other people. And very it stood you people. in really good stead for the quiz, as well for answering that Nobel Prize yeah, question, definitely. which is very important. Yeah. We got time for one more song, uh, and it's from Jackson Brown. Uh, what's the track we're going to hear? It's called These Days. These Days. Okay, tell yeah. me about Jackson Brown. Tell me about These Days. Well, Jackson Brown is another amazing singer-songwriter that, I mean, I've, I've, I've noticed that I gravitated towards the very American yeah. singer-songwriter yeah. just in these There's last few songs. Not but, one um, accordion in earshot. Yeah. Um, yeah, but he, I, I, I don't know. I just really got into him in the last few years, more a bit more recently. Yeah. His songwriting is a bit different. It's just a bit more earnest also and just... Um, yeah, he pulls my heartstrings, and I think yeah. that like a song like that is really quite simple, and it's been covered by so many people. Actually, he wrote it when he was sixteen. Okay, it's so deep yeah. <laughs> for a sixteen-year-old. Yeah, um, and I just feel like it's appropriate for you know these days. Fantastic. It's yeah. Tess, it's been wonderful having you on Garden of Sound. Thank you so much for having me.
Okay, it's time for my track of the week. Tess talked about her love of the Beatles and the first ever cover she learnt on guitar. From the White Album, this is I Will. Who knows how long I've loved you You know I love you still Thanks for joining me today on Gardener Sound and thanks to the wonderful Tess Liotto for joining me today. Head to gardenofsound.nz and click on Tess's photo to keep up with everything going on in her musical life. I certainly hope there are a few more live shows before she makes her way back overseas. I'm Ian Turner and this has been Garden of Sound. Until next week, keep well, keep listening and keep playing. Inohorao.